0: Ari Rosemount here with another fun-filled episode of that 401k podcast. This week's topic, we're talking about hiring, how playing sponsor can hire the right TPA to avoid a lot of, a lot of headaches. Um, but of course, first things first, that 401ksite.com, information, articles, all that kind of jazz. That 401k virtual bunch, we are coming back on Wednesday, May 17th, 4 p.m., you know, I, I'm very good at uh, wasting time and, you know, I had so many headaches with, you know, trying to do events this year, live events and, you know, just didn't come to pass. But uh, one of the aspects of the virtual event that I truly enjoyed um, for the 50 or 60 people that were part of it, we did a roundtable with a whole bunch of people, people that, you know, I, I truly respect in the industry. And we had a, a really great kind of like uh, – uh, Bill Maher-type roundtable, uh, when he had that show on Politically Correct, and he has that show now on HBO, um, had Mike Webb on there, Bill Shores, James Holland, uh, a bunch of other people as well, and we're going to try it every once in a while to do a kind of roundtable. We're not going to do a weekly or biweekly thing that the Retireholics do, because they're you know obviously dedicated and really great at what they do. Um, we're going to talk about topics. I've, you know, I'll try to moderate, So, which means if I'm trying to moderate, I'm going to try to not avoid, uh, trying to avoid interrupting people. That's I, I think that that's my perfect slot, because that would, uh, you know, reins myself in. But we will have uh, Bill Shorey's on, James Holland, and uh, Mike Webb, um, they will join us. Uh, we may add, you know, one or two other people. Don't want to have like 20 people like a retirement planning committee, and uh, 20 people on a round table won't get anything done, but we'll talk, you know, I'll prepare and talk some topics on hand, stuff that's going on in the industry. And, um, you know, it's so, not kind you know, sometimes we'll, you know, knowing me we'll have an insightful, you know, joker or whatnot, and we'll talk about favorite movies and all that kind of stuff. Um, so we'll probably get into some pop culture. Uh, these are the type of people you can do it with. Uh, there's some people, uh, retired in the industry that, you know, if you got them on and asked them about pop culture, it just would go over their heads. So we got a great bunch, um, and, uh, it's free on Zoom and of course, obviously recorded and we'll post it on YouTube later. And of course, uh, that k National Virtual Conference, when you get the email, click on it, um. Registration is still free, and we will announce a date very, very soon for that National 401k Plan Sponsor Conference, or whatever we're going to call it. It's really a mouthful. But talking about a mouthful, um, you know, I've been a risk for tw- been a risk attorney for 25 years now. I mean, this September will be 25 years, and it's hard to believe it's been 25 years. And I started, you know, first almost 10 years of my career working for TPA. And spent a couple of years working for some law firms, which just, you know, didn't pan out. And as a result, I started my own practice 13 years ago. But I'm still amazed to this day um, how many plant sponsors have problems all because they hired the wrong CPA. Um, and by hiring the right CPA, you can avoid a headache. Uh, bad CPAs... Uh, uh, as they say, uh, as uh, as they said in uh, Back to School, as S- Nolan said, uh, you know, about his second second wife, soon to be ex-wife, she gives good hay- headache, and uh, bad TPA's really give plant sponsors a really good headache, and you know, with all due respect to all the plant providers out there, I will always say that the TPA is the most important plant provider out there. Uh, advisors are great, attorneys are pretty good, auditors are fantastic, but when it comes to uh, everything is said and done, TPA is probably the most important provider because of what they do, the compliance end of it, the testing, um, the record-keeping aspect of it. And you don't hear men you know, listen, I love advisors and uh, great sources of referral, but you never hear a plan sponsor uh, that much who's in trouble because of what the advisor did. You never hear that. You know, plan sponsors, uh uh, you know, uh, being investigated by the DOL because of what the advisor did. Unless the advisor stole money, uh, unless the advisor was Bernie Madoff, um, you don't really have that kind of problem. Um, you know, a 401k plan to me is like a car, and you know, it's really, you know, it's, it's a complex machinery. I remember my kids that have like a project about simple machines and whatnot. But, you know, like a car, um, a 401k plan is just really... A specialized machine. It's very, very intricate. A lot of things that could go wrong. Um, you know, you take a car. Or I've talked about my mechanic Ralph, who I haven't seen in a while because uh, I'm not due for an oil change. And um, my 2012 Prius at 140,000 miles is doing well after I replaced the suspension. Uh, but you know, you got to see a mechanic uh, every now and then, especially a car with 140,000 miles on it. And you got to keep in tip-top shape, and the plan is no different. Um, you know, a TPA does a lot of everything. Uh, they don't do windows, but they kind of do everything else. Um, you know, there's, uh, you know, the the, the TPA is kind of kind of does everything. I mean, there's certain things they don't do unless they have like a unless they're producing TPA, they don't, you know, serve as the plan fiduciary. I mean, you know, and those who are producing TPAs, they have a separate. Uh, affiliated advisory company. Uh, They may do 316 work. They may be a PPP. But, you know, obviously we see a good lot of 401k plan litigation. Everybody's focused on, you know, mutual fund expenses and whatnot, target fund expenses and whatnot. But, uh, you know, the TPA really isn't involved in that. Uh, Yeah, they may pocket some revenue sharing. Uh, These days they have to disclose it to a client. They don't get in trouble for doing their own plan audits. Someone else got in trouble for that a few years back. But a TPA, uh, you know, a TPA is, to me, I I never understood this as a kid. But, listen, I don't watch a lot of Saturday morning TV anymore. I don't even think that's a thing anymore. Uh, But Saturday morning cartoons, um, you know, as a kid, uh, that was a big deal. You'd have all these serial commercials. And it would be like, uh, it would always remind me of the Saturn Live powdered uh, sugar, uh, powdered donut cereal that Belushi was hawking on SNL as a Saturn Live spoof. You'd have like, you know, honeycombs or fruity pebbles. And you would know that the cereal was absolute sugar, but it was still part of a, you know, well balanced and nutritious breakfast. Um, I can fault my mother for a lot of things. Um, this isn't a therapy session for that, but I think that the one uh, thing that, you know, top two or three that I think that was very, very important that she did was, you know, I avoided I avoid those cereals. I To this day, if you gave me like a sugary cereal, I, I can't eat it. It's just, uh, you grew up, I grew up in Cheerios and Rice Krispies and, you know, that was kind of it. Um and as a result, I uh, just went to the dentist. I've only had one cavity all my life. And I'm still kind of ticked off that I have that one cavity. My daughter, on the other hand, she loves those gummies and whatnot. She had five cavities. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, dental habits take after my wife. But, you know, a, a TPA is a part of a, a prudent uh, process. Um, it's, it's, it avoids a lot of headaches Um, that could, you know, obviously take part with a plan. And obviously the compliance part is the one big chunk as to why you need a good TPA. Uh, You know, a TPA... uh, You know, TPA is eventually... TPA basically is essentially delegated the role of plan administrator, even though the plan sponsor is still on the hook unless there's a 316 or PPP involved. Um, you know, obviously we have a whole bunch of, we have people, you know, that are TPAs and people who are just record keepers and we have bundled, we have unbundled, but we'll still, you know, to me, denote the TPA is, is one and the same for purposes of this discussion. Um, you know, the reason I do that, I have that bias. I work for TPAs. I didn't work for people who are just record keepers or just TPAs. They did both. They did TPA work and record keeping. So a participant-directed 401k plan TPA, you know, is involved with the trading mutual funds on a custodial platform based on instructions provided by participants participants. Um, there, you know, there's a trust account. TPA creates sub-accounts. They properly credit each participant's 401k account with new contributions and earnings. Um, it always runs the joke, uh, I work for a TPA with administrators who didn't know what they were doing, well, at least a lot of them. And... Um, I remember a buddy of mine laughing when he had an administrator tell him that he record keeps, um, they record keep a daily plan on a quarterly basis. So the record keeping was always off and they would post like negative earnings to make it lined up. It kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, a checkbook where you don't know where the money is and you got a record keep. So yeah, you know, um, as far as check writing is uh I've been married for almost 20 years now and i i i um, I control the checkbook just because when I was dating with my wife I realized that she wasn't keeping a running tab on her balance and I need to know to the exact penny uh especially to avoid you know uh, uh, bouncing checks and here and there but um you know obviously also um, a big part of what the TPA does is uh, you know, the 5,500s, the compliant testing, um, you know, uh, with late filings and missing filings, the, the Department of Labor has made things easier with the delinquent uh, filing the uh, voluntary compliance program, which I think is a huge, um, it's a double-edged sword in the sense that it gives the opportunity for plan sponsors to fix mistakes and pay pennies on the dollar in terms of penalties. But of course, it increased the the amount of penalties. Uh, You know, uh, if the Department, sometimes you feel like if the Department of Labor uh, would charge plan sponsors for late 5,500 filings, what they, you know, what they claim they will charge and they actually collect on it, you probably think that they could, um, you know, satisfy the national debt with what uh, they're charging per plan. And, uh, you know, obviously um, with the 5,500 filings, You know the the problem is is that you know incorrect answers or questionable answers will result in you know possible audit. Say you you have late deferral deposits or you don't have a bond, Uh, you may get a letter from the Department of Labor. If you don't have a bond, you might get audited. Um, You know, uh, I I, I recently, not too long ago, I had an audit um, just because. The TPA uh, reported a contribution on a cash basis, while the plan sponsor reported that contribution on the corporate return on an accrual basis. So the contribution amounts kind of didn't line up. So therefore, we had an audit. Um, obviously, with you know accounting rules, and I always go crazy about accounting rules because I never took an accounting course in, in college. Uh, I had no interest in it, but I do understand the basics of it since I do my own taxes and whatnot. But uh, that always uh, is like one of those mistakes that could be uh, really uh, avoided and avoid the audit. And obviously, um, you have the testing, coverage, uh, which everybody still, you know, it's, it's funny talking to even some TPAs. They forget about coverage. But whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's not go and talk about ADP, ACP. Let's talk about if you pass coverage. And there are times where plan sponsors don't pass coverage. And co- Coverage is always a, is an interesting thing because I remember one time we were dealing with a plan sponsor. And the participation levels, because of the exclusions, were so low. But because we were comparing seventy percent the not highlys against seventy percent of the highlys, when the highlys only had like a fifty percent participation rate, we passed because we were over thirty-five, which is which is kind of crazy. And obviously, top-heavy—that's uh, always you know um, always a problem. Obviously. Uh, Safe harbor kind of cures the ADP, ACP, and top heavy if done correctly. Uh, obviously, um, you know TPA also. You know, in addition to deferrals, there's a profit sharing, matching contributions, profit sharing could take a, a whole different type of formula. Um, the, the safe harbors of uh, comp, to comp, integrated age, age weight, and whatnot. And there's obviously the new comp. Actually, age weight is not safe harbor but integrated and in, in, in comp to comp are um nobody does age weight anymore nobody does points anymore uh because you have new comp which uses the general test so a tpa obviously does a lot of work and you know if they do a crappy crappy job uh puts the plant sponsor in hot water and of course um safe harbor uh safe harbor you know we talk about formulas and obviously, um, a plan sponsor, you know, having a good CPA will have a, a, a formula for the plan that, you know, uses, um, you know, has an efficient plan design. I always talk about, you know, um, plan sponsor with DB plan, um, you know, wasn't a good fit when they had, you know, 12 employees and the Institute of 401k plan and use this um, uh, a new comp allocation. And, uh, you know, if a plan sponsor could afford it, and they want to reward the, you know, highly compensated employees. Like, yeah, I always use the example of a law firm. Law firm is kind of interesting. And at one time I did this uh, when I, I used to do CLE. I, I don't do it anymore. I used to have a CLE course and a CE course. And uh, I was talking to a law firm. And I said, the beauty of a new comp design is you can reward the partners of the plan with top contributions. And because most... Um, associates make over the HCE limit, you could zero them out, nothing, because you can discriminate against highly compensated employees and just give the staff. And uh, one of the partners of the firm heard that and he's like, oh, thanks a lot. But yeah, that's true. And, you know, obviously, uh, I've dealt in situations with plant sponsors that were failing testing and uh, the TPA never brought up a safe harbor design, especially if they could afford it. I always talk about this one company years ago. I always remember it because I was, you know, I didn't have kids at the time, wasn't married, uh, well, I actually, yeah, I was married. Um, I had an niece and nephew, and this company did all the marketing and, uh, you know, uh, toy meals. They weren't Happy Meals because they were not McDonald's, and Happy Meals is a protected uh, trademark of McDonald's, so they were doing the kids' meals for, you know, a whole bunch of other restaurants. Who knew that there was a, a Wendy's kids' meal or I don't. I, I, I. don't. I think it was Wendy's. it Might have been Hardy's, I don't know. But anyway, they did uh, a lot of the toys and all that stuff. So I always remember that. And anytime I went to the client, they give me toys, give me nice little toys. And uh, my niece and nephew, um, uh, you know, did well with that. And the other reason I remember the client is because she had a dog. It was like a Shih Tzu, I want to say. And the dog during the meeting took a crap right on the table, right on the table, right in the, in the, in the, in the conference room on, on, on the floor, on, on, on a a nice carpet, uh, like one of those Persian, uh, rugs. So I remember for that. And I, most importantly, I remember for the fact that one of the payroll providers was handling the plan. And, uh, if you remember the old days when we had like a $12,000 limit, I think, um, the owner of the company had to give back $10,500 in 401k deferrals as part of an ADP refund. But the problem was is that the payroll provider never told her, well, you know, if you fix this and you put in a $7,500 QNEC, you can have your money back in the plan. So we fixed the plan when I worked at this CPA, Institute of Safe Harbor Plane Design, and voila, she was able to get back her money. And obviously, you know, cash balance, you know, medical practice, the law firm and all that stuff, that, uh, that's really becomes an efficient plan design. And, um, last but not least, cost should be the most important factor in hiring a TPA, in my opinion. Uh, cost, uh, is one factor, but when you, uh, when a plan sponsor just focuses on cost, that's a mistake. You know, there's a, Really good TPA out by me in Long Island. They're expensive uh, compared to others, but they do a fantastic job. You never hear, um, I, I've never had a client, I've never had a potential client that ever had a problem with this TPA. They don't, they don't f up. They don't, they don't make mistakes. But they cost more. And you know, years ago, I, I, I knew a lawyer. Um, Did wills, trusts, and estates, and he also did, uh, his his bread and butter was real estate, um, you know, um, real estate closings. So, uh, was a potential client, interviewed him, thought he was a little too much money, probably $250 more on the closings. Thought he was a little young at the time, he was in his early 40s. She didn't hire him, she hired an older attorney in his 60s. Uh problem was is that older attorney supposedly got sick and stole the woman's money from a real estate transaction. Uh, obviously, she then hired the guy that she didn't want to hire in the first place to try to get the money back from the New York State. Uh, the Attorney Grievance Committee has like a, a fund um, that they use to reimburse people that have been ripped off by lawyers. So when you have a trust account in New York uh, for your clients, the money accrues interest. Um, as an attorney, you don't get the interest that goes, bumps, right to New York State. They collect the money, and therefore, uh, they use that fund to uh, benefit people that have been ripped off by lawyers. So when plan sponsors only focus on cost for a TPA, they run across the street to save $5. Um, and, and, and this excellent TPA that I told you about that's expensive, that he will tell you stories uh, about clients who fired him to go to a payroll provider and not get a good service and not have a good outcome and, and come back. And, uh, you know, there are very good low-cost providers, but there has to be more of a reason to hire them than just they're cheap. If you say they're cheap and they're good, that's great. They just don't have a great website. It looks like a Relias website from, you know, 2000 that, you know, just broke you down your account balance and you can't trade on it. Okay, Um Okay, but if you say, I, I just hired this TPA just because they're the cheapest one out there. I mean, it's, it's just, do you go to a doctor that charges the cheapest rate? I mean, I know everybody's insurance, which reminds me, uh, annoying thing. Um, my wife, we changed dental insurance. So the dentist that we use for the longest doesn't take insurance, never did. So it always have to outlay. So my wife picked out a local dentist uh, nearby And it's like a mill. And uh, I I did this one time before, right before I got married, went to a dentist. It, It really unnerves me. When you go to a dentist for a checkup, everything is fine. And all of a sudden, they try selling you another service. Oh, well, we're doing a cleaning for you, but for an extra special cleaning, uh, you have really great insurance. They're only going to cover like 80% of it, and you need to be treated with like antibiotics, it's deep cleaning, and it's like $2,000. And I got no cavities, I got no issues. Uh, but, you know, that's that's how they are. It's just that, that I just, that's a segue, but uh, I can't stand people that, you know, nickel and dime me for that kind of stuff. And I just think that, you know, when it comes to TPAs, Hiring somebody just because of the cheapest is absolutely a bad idea. Um, you know. And again, I've seen a lot of really cheap providers out there just give zero service, and it's the planned sponsors that suffer as a result. So that was a segue that took me off topic as usual. Uh, but anyway, go to that41ksite.com for further information on all our events. And then, of course, um, back next week with another episode of That 41K Podcast. Thank you. Bye.